Welcome. It's so good to be with you on this Wednesday as we get together for a little midweek Bible study and devotional time. And I'm so glad that you've taken some time out of your week to join us today to do just that, to dig into God's Word and hopefully be uplifted and encouraged by being together and diving into God's Word together. Well, we are continuing, if you've been with us, been with us the last several weeks, we are continuing in our study of the Holy Spirit. And today I want to talk a little bit about the Spirit's role in helping us to walk in obedience to God in our relationship with him and, and the things that he calls us to do. And and not in a, you know, because sometimes it's easy to think of obedience as just like do the, you know, always do it, you know, and, and a list of rules. And it's not meant to be that. Um, it is, you know, there are do's and, and there are don'ts, but God desires for us to be in relationship with him and, and walk in relationship with him. And so how do we do that? How do we walk in, in obedience to him in our relationship with him? Because he is our, our savior, but he's also our God and our Lord. And so how do we, how do we go about doing that? Well, Jesus, and I think part of that is, is the spiritual. role. And Jesus says this in John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Which is easier said than done, right? And 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 we have a hard time doing that. You know, it, it, it's, I mean, it's very clear cut, but like, I, I'm not going to get that perfectly, right? And and I do love Jesus, but I'm not going to always get his commands. But here's the good news: Jesus just doesn't tell us flat out, "Hey, just go keep my commands," and and either you do or you don't. No, he listen to what he says next. He says, "If you love me, keep my commands." Then he says this, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. And of course, we talked about that idea of the spirit of truth the last couple of weeks. That is the, the Holy Spirit, our advocate, as, as Jesus says here, our comforter, our, uh, our counselor. When we placed our faith in Jesus and were baptized into his death and his burial and his resurrection, we were born again. You, you know, we, we, we certainly went through a natural birth at one point in our lives. And, and, and the Bible says that when we died to ourselves and gave our lives to Jesus Christ, we were, we were born again in a spiritual sense. We were made new in Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you belong to Christ, then they are a new creation. The old life, that's gone. A new life has begun. And in fact, I love the imagery that, that Ezekiel paints. He, he says, we have the Old Testament prophet of Ezekiel. He says, we received a, a, this, this new spiritual heart that God promised to us. He says, I will give you a new heart. And this is in Ezekiel chapter 36. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. Now, question, how does a creature in Christ, how does a person in Christ grow in a life of obedience, because that's the question we're asking. Well, our natural thinking might be to assume that we just grow in, in obedience by simply doing our best to walk in the will of God. And, and from a naturalistic standpoint, that does make sense. But the next verse in Ezekiel's prophecy, I think, reveals that God has a better plan in mind. He says, all the way back in the Old Testament, in, 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 the, in the prophets, I will not only give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, but I will also put my spirit within you and cause you or help you to walk in my statutes and in my precepts and in the things, the life that I have called for you to live. As born again followers of Jesus, we aren't designed to operate on our own best natural efforts. We had that before Christ, right? We, we can try and do good things before Christ. Now we have something better. The Holy Spirit we have living inside of us is to be the supernatural dynamic in developing that life of obedience as we walk 
in our lives and in our relationships with Jesus. You know, this a, a, a disobedient life would include attitudes and actions that our fallen bodies and our spiritual sinful nature naturally crave. Okay, that, that's one side of it. And these are to be taken to the cross and to be rendered as crucified with Christ. That's part of what we're saying in, in, our, in our belief, in our baptism. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, Paul puts it this way. He says, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with things like sexual immorality and impurity and lust and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world because you make them the most important things in your life. Sometimes that's easy to do. Sometimes we do that overtly. Sometimes it's really easy to do just in a covert way where we, we, we make that our priority. He goes on to say in verse seven, you used to do those things, when your life was still part of this world. That's what you used to be. And the Holy Spirit wants to enable us to respond properly concerning such fleshly, sinful desires, but they are only truly overcome as we yield to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Romans chapter 8, verse 13 says, if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, not on your own power, but through the power of the Spirit you put those things to death, you will live. Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Let him have full control. And when you do, you won't be doing what the sinful nature uh, craves. And this work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, it's not automatic. It's not robotic. Again, as I said at the beginning, it's not just this list of do's and don'ts and the Holy Spirit just helps you do this and don't. No, it's meant to be relational. That, that we submit to the role and the ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It, it, you know, the true obedience is realized through the humble surrender to and dependence on the Spirit's power and work in our lives and through our lives. Of course, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 says, don't quench the Spirit. And so it's also possible to suppress the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but when we depend upon the Holy Spirit to lead us in the path of obedience, we truly can live as obedient children of God. As Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Again, far too often we rely on our own resources our own power, attempting to produce obedience through just sheer willpower, right? And gritting our teeth and with good intentions, right? I mean, we, we love Jesus. As I said, we want to do what's right. But true obedience doesn't happen just through willpower, teeth gritted, I'm supposed to, I have to kind of attitude. But rather, true obedience is spirit-powered, allowing him to work deep in our hearts by his power to lead us in the paths of obedience and righteousness. Not because we have to or because we're supposed to, but because we get to through the power of the Holy Spirit and to the glory and honor of Jesus Christ. I hope you have a blessed day. God bless.